Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do. Sign up now and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. Mintmobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45 equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply if rated PG. Welcome to Wicked and Grim. I'm Ben, and of course... I'm Nicole. And that's our new intro. We're changing it up. Changing it up. Boom, right into it. Yep, new year, new things. We, we, we were a little bored of what we were doing before. Yeah, So it felt repetitive. And it just felt stale. I don't like repetitive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So... Stale bread, we're getting rid of the stale bread. Yep, yeah, we're not certain we're sticking with this still. Maybe yeah, we we'll have some it. other ideas, but... Yeah, for now we can, we can change it up whenever. Yeah, we're we're trying this on, like you know when you're like trying on a pair of shoes and you kind of like only stick it on one foot and you kind of walk around like the stool for a second. You're deciding, well, maybe I'll put it on the other foot before I, I don't buy do it. that. Some people do. I, I see don't. people do it all the time. I put both shoes on. I'm, you're a both shoe I'm kind of person. I'm fully in it. Really? Fully in it. But you do walk around the store still. Yeah, or the because stool your feet thing. can be different. Each foot can be slightly different size. Well, see, I I've seen people go both feet first and i've seen people go single foot i'm a single foot per foot person because i will put one foot on and then i'll stand up and like try it i won't really walk hmm. around but i'll try it if i like it with one foot then, then i'll put on the second, the second foot no yeah. i have to put, i put both on for sure really for sure a hundred percent oh wow okay that's okay. funny i didn't know that yeah huh. <laughs> what do you guys do are you a one foot shoe person or a two foot shoe trier honor person what a random conversation i love it i love it welcome to wicked and grim the true yes. crime podcast where we talk about shoes and and crack beer when we start and how our backs are usually a bit sore yeah usually like that's all a, the time <laughs> that's just every day all day well, nonstop. mine's particularly sore because we got a ton of snow so we were like shoveling a ton yesterday yep Yep. And uh, I was pulling huskies out of snow banks today. Well, and for reference, I think we got a, between eight and 10 inches of snow yesterday. Yeah. Like just under a foot, really. Yeah. And then the week before that, we got about the same amount. So yeah. we got, within a week, we got almost two feet of snow. So I feel like I'm slightly buried in. Slightly. We're buried. But it looks pretty. It does. Yeah. Very much so does. And. 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 and we have some new Patrons. Patrons? Patrons. I would say patrons, but it's patrons. To yeah, thank. We, we we missed it last time, I think. I think. I know. We're just pretending we did. So if we thank you twice, that means then you're just extra awesome. You're just twice as awesome. So yeah. there we go. So our patrons we have to to thank. Are you gonna say it? Are you gonna attempt or am I? I don't doing even it? have it out. So I've got it. I can pass it to you. Do you want to do it? No, go for okay, it. Okay. You're you're the king at it. I'm the king of it. The king of what? Just between you and me? It's either the king or the queen. <laughs> oh, go for it. Okay. Uh, where did we stop last time? 
Oh my gosh, I just told you. Now you forget? <laughs> was it, it was Hannah. You know, I'm going to just say Hannah again. Hannah Cortell. Okay. Thank you for being a patron. I'm pretty sure we already thanked you. But Done. we're thanking you again because it, you're just that awesome. That literally could have been the third time we thanked them. Probably. <laughs> uh, we got Fabulous TT. That's a fabulous name That's right there. awesome. Uh, we got Reba Barnes. Shannon Brown. Anna Papo- Paproski. Paproski, I think. Kit. Anna Paproski. And Christine Scott, you guys are all absolutely incredible. Thank you for signing up for Patreon. We are coming out with a Patreon exclusive episode coming up Amazing. very soon. And it's it's a it's a doozy. Is it a doozy? It's a doozy. It's your month, right? It's my month, motherfucker. Boom. And it's a doozy. So cool. get locked and loaded for that. And we are going to be kind of buckling down here very, very soon and getting things a little more organized with the podcast because shit's been all over for months for us oh my gosh well i feel like it's slowing down slightly there's like well every time i think that though something else happens but no we're getting caught up life is going smooth we're all good yes so it's going to be worthwhile for all you guys signed up for patreon thank you very much and of course if you don't know exclusive episodes every month for those all access patrons and uh, we're going to be implementing ads very soon so you can avoid those ads over on Patreon if you sign up. And we do other posts too. Like I did what the hint for this one was on there. Well, actually, I didn't hint. I just told them. <laughs> <laughs> I was too kind to them. Um, so yeah, instead of doing that on Instagram, I did it in there this time. So yeah, well, there's a lot of behind the scenes sort of stuff. There's a video on there uh, from Christmas of Jacko doing <gasps> a... Uh, christmas reading that was super so, fun i love that actually yeah. there's a lot of cool stuff over there head on over sign up if not that's totally cool you can listen here you're still awesome okay mm-hmm. but holy moly holy, holy moly, moly a big old pot of macaroni the case the today like i just it's wild it's wild it is wild like i can't make up this shit like it's nuts just nuts i'm just pre- preparing everyone it's, it's just nuts it's a big old bag of nuts <sighs> yeah a sack of nuts. <laughs> it's a sack of nuts. Get ready for today's episode. Where we present to you a sack of nuts. <laughs> okay, so it's the case of Dennis Nilsson. And I don't, I feel like a, quite a few people know him, but then a lot of people don't. I don't feel like he's super, he's not like a super popular true crime case, but he should be because it's crazy. I know this case. I don't know it very well, but I, I know the basics of this case. It's wild. It's nuts. Okay. It's a big old bag of nuts. A big old sack of nuts, dude. Was it a sack? Or a sa- I thought it was a bag. Did I you don't say know. a bag? Who knows? It's one of it's just it's just one of those. It's bananas. This shit is bananas. It's B A N N S. Okay. Sorry. I've got like my ADD is just on fire. Yeah, you're today. you're like really outgoing, and I feel like I'm kind of the opposite. So this is gonna go well. I think. Okay. So Dennis. <laughs> the dead air. I think. Dennis was born on November 23rd, 1945 in Fraserboro, Scotland. We're going over to Scotland. Oh, I was like, did I already pronounce something wrong or do something wrong the way you looked at me? I, I know, was just I excited. Go, Scotland. I want to go to Scotland. Scotland. It looks so beautiful. So he was the second child born of three children. Dennis's mother, Betty, was a religious Scottish woman and his father, oh, Olaf was a former Norwegian soldier. They married in 1942, but their marriage was not all sunshine and roses. Dennis's father was an alcoholic with very little interest in the family. Oh, cool. Which, not great. And they would actually get a divorce in 1948 with Dennis's father basically completely abandoning the family. Wow. Deadbeat dad style. 
Yeah. Like he had no interest. At first I was like, Olaf, that's a dope name. And he's like doing cool shit. And now I'm just like, Olaf, you a douche. I know. Fuck he you. Sucks. He sucks. So Dennis's grandparents on his mother's side, especially his grandfather, Andrew, played a huge role in Dennis's life. They were quite supportive of the divorce as they never actually had approved of Dennis's father. So they knew. They knew something was up with that dude. Hmm. Dennis would have fond memories of going on long walks with his grandfather as he carried him on his shoulders and shared stories with him as his time at sea. Andrew was a fisherman, and when he was off at sea, Dennis would say his life would be empty until his grandfather returned home once again. Okay, that's that's pretty fucking like adorable right there. I know. Like, hey, that's heart melting. Like, he just loves and his grandfather shared the same love. Like they mm-hmm. were like two peas in a pod. Like that's that's what you would expect, like a silhouette of like a grandpa and a son like walk, walking on a beach in a photo in a basic white bitch's house that says live, laugh, love above it. <laughs> oh my God, where's the live, laugh, love come from? That's like what every, every like. Oh, the, like know, a quote you mean. Yeah. Oh, okay. I thought I was picturing some some basic bee's house in the background with that on their no, house. No, like, like it's a, a picture frame that someone picked up <laughs> from like. Li- from Winners or what's that? Michaels. What? Well, I'm thinking that what's that one that you really like that Barnes place or something? Urban Barn? Urban Barn. Yeah. I don't know if that's or a Barnes comedian. and Noble or something like that. Yeah. Pottery Barn. Target. Tar- fucking Target. Fucking Target. Okay. We had a Target in Canada. Can- more than one a few quite a few for quite a while in canada actually a year and then they all just closed and i was heartbroken do you know why they closed because didn't they bash us or something or they they made prices higher well yeah because they they came over sorry we're going off track here for a moment when they came to canada they opened a shit ton of stores came in like, like with a vengeance oh yeah and then when they were coming in, it was questioned in like a complete interview. They're like, oh, so you're like, you're going to drop your prices for like to a Canadian currency. Mm-hmm. And like the CEO was like, no, Canadians pay more. Why would we do that? So then people just boycotted, <laughs> they boycotted the, the, the store. It. Like it was never busy in there. And they always had so much stock, which is another reason I loved it. But they screwed up. Yeah. But oh, well. Okay, so yeah, we have that picture perfect of Dennis and his grandfather. And this is even more picture perfect. Dennis described him as his great hero and protector. Wow. Like, oh. However, it's always a fucking however. Yep, here we go. This would come to an end in 1951 when his grandfather's health would decline. And on October 31st, Halloween, he was found drifting the North Sea dead from a heart attack at the age of 62. Oh, shit. Dennis was only six. Okay. But the only thing that I do love about that, because I feel like it's kind of peaceful. He died, like, probably doing something he loved, like, drifting at sea. I mean, it could have been (laughs) horrific and he might have needed help, but I don't know. I feel like when you die... Was he on a boat or just like face down in the water? No, he was fishing. Like he was doing his job. Like he's been a fisherman. Okay, but he was on a boat, not in the water? He was on a boat. Okay. Oh, yeah. If he was found just floating, that would be... Well, that's what my picture was. He was just like face down in the water. Oh, no. He was like on his boat, sorry. Okay, gotcha. Just drifting. So I feel like he just died doing probably what he loved. 
yeah, that that's is a my, lot. Is where I'm going. That's a lot better than what I imagined in my Good head. Good lord, who yeah. are you? I am a host of a true crime podcast, so, so my imagination went. It really did. A memory Dennis would later describe as one of his most vivid childhood memories was his weeping mother when she asked whether he wanted to see his grandfather. He, of course, did, but at six, maybe not fully grasping what death was. Yeah. He was taken into the room where his grandfather lay in an open coffin. As Dennis gla- gazed, glazed, Gaze at the body, his mother told him his grandfather was sleeping and said he had gone to a better place. One report saying, at that time, Dennis wondered if his grandfather was in a better place, why wouldn't he have taken him with him? Wow. Like, oh my God. That is both like insanely pure and insanely ominous. Well, I don't think he, he was just a six-year-old boy. Like if, if I know. my grandpa's going to a better place, why am I not there? Like I know <sighs> that is why it's insanely pure, but it's almost like spelling out for him in the later years. It's like almost very ominous for what's to come. Like, you yeah. know, like it's almost like Batman, his parents die and it's like, he comes back with a vengeance or Batman could have gone fucking dark in the depressive way. Mm-hmm. Same sort of shit. Totally. Yeah, Absolutely. So the years that followed his grandfather's death, Dennis would become more quiet and withdrawn. He rarely participated in family activities and avoided the family's attempt to give him any affection, though he would be jealous at the amount of attention his mother and grandmother would give his siblings. Mm. It's kind of sad. He did have the closest, or he had the closest relationship with his younger sister, who he would often talk to or play games with. In 1954 or 1955, he had an incident at the beach. He was probably there. He would spend time at the beach, often remembering the time with his grandfather as they would go on long walks, right? Yeah. But this time he became submerged under the water, panicking as he was almost being dragged out to sea. But he recalled that his grandfather was about to arrive and pull him out before experiencing a sense of tranquility. His life was, however, saved by another youth who dragged him ashore. Why do I get the sense that he's just going to be pissed that he his life was saved? I don't think he was. No. Oh, okay. No. Okay. No, that was just, I just threw that in there because it just, he he actually ended up like writing a book. So there's quite a bit of details about his like life leading up to what he does. And I felt like you don't always have that. So I, I'm doing mm-hmm. quite a bit of lead up here because you really get to, understand a lot more who he is yeah. yeah so shortly after dennis's near miss the family would move out of dennis's grandparents home and into a home of their own his mother also later remarrying with the family moving to stricken in 1955 and adding four more children to the family as dennis would begin puberty he would start questioning questioning his sexuality believing that he was gay. This initially confused and shamed him, and he kept this a secret from his family and the few friends that he did have. Because you see, homosexuality among men, I'm not, I'm assuming it's among both genders, but I, it, what I was looking at, the article just said among men, was actually illegal in Scotland until 1980. Well, I, it's still illegal around the, in, in some, some parts places, of the world yeah, today. Yeah, but I'm just like, gosh, I just find that so shocking. But 
Well, and it's so shocking that people have had to have deal dealt with that sort of stuff in their life. It's like mm-hmm. hiding who they are, which is Absolutely. fucking scary. But thankfully, we're actually getting to a point where it's less and less. So that's at least good. But yeah, that's that's terrible that he had to go through that. Yeah, hiding your true self, I don't think is a good is doesn't come out with a good outcome. No, but there are some people out there that I wish would hide their true self because it's like, fuck, <laughs> shut up. You're annoying. Your <laughs> yes, oh I know a few gosh. of those people. Oh, my gosh. At one point, he realized many of the boys he was attracted to had similar facial features as his younger sister. On one occasion, he sexually fondled his sister, thinking that his attraction towards boys might be a manifestation of the care he felt for her. Oh, I'm sorry. I'm just like really grossed out right now. That's really gross. This also made him believe he might be bisexual. He would also go about fondling his older brother one night as his brother was sleeping. This resulting in his brother suspecting he was gay, causing him to bully Dennis. So basically he was confused with his sexuality and then experimenting on his siblings, I suppose. And then also now getting bullied by his brother. Which is really fucking weird. I mean... I understand. We all go through some weird shit. Oh as my kids. gosh, growing up is fucked. It's really <laughs> fucked. But I mean, I don't know. That's just weird. Like, we should all know. Should I mean should is maybe maybe not because it's all depending on how you're taught and growing up. We all should know that like siblings is really fucking weird. Off limits. Yeah. <laughs> Family is no off right. limits. Yeah, it's just not right. Hundred percent. But again, that that depends on how you're raised, really. How are you to know better unless you're taught that, maybe? I guess. I don't know. Let's move on. Let's move on. Yeah, that's, that's a weird conversation. <laughs> so at the age of 14, Dennis needed an escape, obviously, and he joined the Army Cadet Force, viewing the British Army as a potential avenue for escaping his rural origins. Hmm. Sorry, I can't why I paused that. Yeah, I, you, I paused really oddly because I think I missed something, but I didn't. So I just kept going. No, you're good. I, I think. I don't see your notes, but. No, I'm good. You good? So in 1961, Dennis would finish school, briefly working in a cannery factory, canning factory, before deciding to join the army where he intended to train as a chef. As a chef as in a the chef. army. That's an odd choice. If you're going to, like, I'm going to go to the army, it's not very often that you say, I'm going to go to the army and be a chef, you know? And something that I haven't thrown in here, actually, which this could be a good place, him training as a chef and learning uh, butcher skills. Yep. Comes maybe in handy. comes handy for him. <sighs> so he, <laughs> he passed right. the entrance examinations and received official notification he was to enlist for nine years service in September 1961. Within weeks, Dennis began to excel in his army duties, loving the structure of military life and the sense of belonging. Gotcha. So that's good that he finally feels that, you know? Mm -hmm. Later describing his three years of training in Aldershaw, England, as the happiest of his life. Well, that's good. Mm -hmm. While stationed at... Okay, holy shit. Uh, forgive us for a moment. We just had like <laughs> snowmageddon fucking just happen oh, in the middle of our podcast. That was nuts. Okay. Um, long story short, uh, we we are parked on property where with our tiny home. 
where there is a big storage shed right next to us and snow came shooting off it and just like made thunderous noises right beside us mm-hmm. so we were just like whoa what the fuck so here scared we are the shit out of me actually i had to reapply <laughs> my fucking deodorant <laughs> <laughs> like i was just like what is happening here like it's just so unsettling god yeah. there's something every day man in this tiny home so i don't know where the fuck we were what would you just say well that's that's a good question you know Okay, we were talking about how, um, oh, he was just basically like liking his time in the military, right? Gotcha. Because it gave him structure, sense of belonging, yada, yada, yada. So while stationed at Aldershot, Dennis would have all the feelings for his fellow colleagues. But like he did with his family, he kept, kept his sexual orientation well hidden from them. Yeah, yeah, okay, that's fair. He never showered in the company of his fellow soldiers for fear of developing an erection in their presence. Instead, he would bathe alone in the bathroom. He also started relying on alcohol to help cope with the double life, kind of like we already talked about. He was living and the loneliness he was feeling. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quinn's. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. So he liked, that's like so contradictory, those two things, right? Like, I think he liked the military and he had friends and stuff there, but then he was also hiding his true self, which was causing. Well, he he was able to um, quietly and discreetly feed fantasies by the sounds of it and couldn't act upon those fantasies. So there's happiness and being able to indulge himself. But, you know, there's. The oh, just you wait until you to. hear what his fantasy oh. actually is, did. Oh, I'm sure. But I, I, I get it. I get it. <laughs> Trust me. I, I'm aware. But Are you aware? I'm aware. Aware? I'm very, very well aware. <laughs> so in mid-1964, Dennis would pass his initial catering exam and was officially assigned to the first um, battalion of, and this is where it gets interesting because i got to pronounce some words here, of the Royal Fusiliers in Ossenburg, West Germany, where he served as a private. In this deployment, he described himself and his colleagues as a hardworking, boozy lot. So him basically, like, medicating himself with alcohol was, I feel like, also kind of came with who he was with, too. Like, they were all just, like, getting together, having fun, and he drank, like, more than he probably ever would have before. Yeah, okay, I understand that. His colleagues were calling Dennis drinking in excess in order to ease his shyness because he was also like a little bit quiet too, right? So he wanted mm-hmm. to fit in. On one occasion, Dennis and a German man drank themselves silly. He would awake the next morning on the floor of the German the German use flat. No sexual activity occurred, but this incident would fuel Dennis's sexual fantasies and this is where the story starts going south. Shit. Okay. I wonder... 
I wonder why this particular incident, because it just let his imagination go wild of what they could have done or what Maybe, he could like, have done. He spent the night at a dude's house, basically, I guess. Right. Yeah. Yeah. So just kind of fuels that that fantasy, that, that thought process. That, exactly. Who knows? What could, could happen to What could have. Yeah. So Dennis's sexual fantasies involved his sexual partner being a young, slender male, initially being completely passive. But as, as his fantasies evolved, he was fascinated with the idea of his heart, his partner being unconscious or even dead. Okay, wait, what? <laughs> Were you not fully listening to that sentence? Oh, no, I was, but just like he didn't care. He would fascinate about being sexually active with a dead person. Yeah, like it was not like, oh, like. I prefer living. It's just like, oh, like necrophilia is. No, like I think a thing. he prefers necrophilia. Shit. So on many occasions, Dennis would drink in excess, pretend he was in like drunk, in hopes that one of his colleagues would take advantage of him and his supposedly unconscious body. Supposedly so setting himself up, but it, that's all I could find about that. So I don't know if anyone actually did. Um, but he wanted it apparently. So. Following two years of service in Germany. I, I'm sorry. I just literally picture him being like, oh, dear me, I've had too many beer. Like hand on the forehead, fainting over the couch, ass in the air. Well, I even <laughs> think like he would pretend needing help and stuff. So like people, his colleagues would be touching him and like oh, having to like yeah. lead him back to the bedroom. Oh, my gosh. That's just it's just too much. Ugh. OK, following two years of service in Germany, Dennis would return to Aldershot where he would pass his official catering exam before being deployed to serve as a cook for the British Army in Norway. In 1967, he was deployed once again to the state of Aden. Unlike his previous postings, this posting was not only more dangerous, but Dennis got his own room while stationed. This afforded him the privacy to masturbate without discovery, and develop on his fantasies of sex with an unconscious or deceased partner, <sighs> using his own body to fulfill his fantasies. Wait, what? You ready? How? Do I want to know how this works? <laughs> I I stop myself in the midst of saying that. Do I want to know how he used... Well, even earlier you asked me a question or something about this case, and I told you, you're like, fucking not asking any other questions. <laughs> Uh, okay okay go ahead let's hear it so dennis would masturbate while looking at his own flat laying nude body in the mirror discovering that while using a freestanding mirror he could create an effect whereby if positioning the mirror so his head was out of view he could visualize himself engaged in a sexual act with an entirely different person that's fucked up <laughs> I mean, that is really <laughs> fucked up, but, but he is not harming anyone yet. So no. I, that's just straight yeah. weird. It's just, it's just odd. Yeah. Creative points. I mean, honestly, I, I it, mean, yeah, he should keep doing this. That's, really. that's what he should have kept doing. He should have kept angling the mirror in such a <laughs> fascinating way. Angling that mirror. Just keep doing that. Yeah. So Master magician, the illusions. Want to see that magic show? No. <laughs> no, I'm not buying tickets to that. His fantasies would gradually evolve to incorporate the dead bodies he'd seen 
and his own near-death experience while on this deployment. Also, imagery from a 19th century oil painting, which is, an, which is of an older man holding the limp, nude body of a dead youth. Next to him is a dismembered body of another young man. He would oft, also often cover his body with... Are you good? I'm not that good right now. This is <laughs> well, fucking weird. Let me just get through this last sentence because it does get a little fucking weirder. He would also often cover his body with talcum powder, like baby powder, and paint his lips blue to give himself the appearance of being dead while participating in his sexual fantasies. Wow. Again, though, like he's not doing anything wrong yet. It's just. No, no, he absolutely isn't really. All it is is (laughs) different strokes for different folks. Oh, God. God. I just don't even know if I want to talk about that anymore. Dennis would complete his assignment in Aiden and be assigned to to serve in several other places over the years, but seeming to move often so that only note so the only noteworthy experience before he ended his 11 year military career in October 1972 was his first sexual experience with a female sex worker. At this okay. time, okay, he bragged of his encounter to his colleagues, but would later state he found intercourse with a female both overrated and depressing. <laughs> wow. <laughs> and depressing. <laughs> Which I was like, holy shit, that's quite the way to Fuck. describe that. Emotional damage. Mm-hmm. Sorry, that's that's a thing on TikTok right now. Well, I mean, he just wasn't into women. So it's like, but I, I miss, he probably felt pressure to maybe experience yeah. that, which is kind of shitty, right? Mm-hmm. Like just because at that time, his ways weren't accepted, which isn't which isn't right. So Dennis would next decide to join the Metropolitan 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 Politan, sorry, police and move to London in December to begin the training course. In April 1973, Dennis completed his training and was posted to the Wil- to Wilston Green, which is an area of northwest London. Dennis enjoyed working for the police, but he did miss like the, the company and friendship of the army. Okay. He began hitting up gay pubs and engaging in several casual relationships with men, but viewed these encounters as soul-destroying, in which he would only lend his partner his body in a vain search for inner peace. What he was really in search for was a lasting relationship. That's really sad. He has like some very interesting ways of describing shit, though. And I'm assuming most of these descriptions are coming from his book, hey? I think so, yeah. Yeah. Well, they are, yeah. Or other books that were written and stuff that were using his words and stuff, so. So, yeah. So, come December of 1973, so really only about a year after deciding to become a police officer, there was an incident where Dennis was in the position to arrest two men he caught having sex in a suspiciously, suspiciously parked car. He did not arrest them. And decided that his personal lifestyle was at odds with his job and resigned from the place. Wow. That takes like, balls. He chose himself. Yeah. Which I was like, good on ya. Like, I mean, I I know a kind of guy he's going to become, and I don't agree with that, but so far I just, I feel bad for him. And yeah, good on him for making that choice for himself. Yeah, well, I don't think we should feel bad for him. Well, no, don't I, go I, fe- there. I feel bad for- At this moment in time of his life. For what he's going through. Mm-hmm. As soon as he crosses crosses that threshold, all is not forgiven anymore. You can't forgive that. 
Exactly. So he then worked as a security guard briefly before before finding work as a civil, civil servant, which I believe is like working for the government. Now, shortly after finding stable employment, it was about like the end of 1975, Dennis would meet David Galichen. He crossed bat pass. I'm talking too fast. I'm going to slow the fuck down here. I'm like so into them. Breathe. Breathe. I know. I actually forget to breathe sometimes because I'm just like so into this shit. So he crossed paths with David when he encountered him being threatened outside a pub by two men. Dennis intervened the altercation and took David back to his house. The two men would spend the evening drinking and getting to know each other. Dennis learning that David was new to London, was gay, unemployed, and currently living at a hostel. So they decided to move in together. In search for a bigger place to share, they came across a ground floor flat at 19 or 195 Melrose Avenue. Along with the flat, Dennis also negotiated with the landlord that the garden at the rear of the property would also be exclusively theirs. And you may just hear a little bit more about this garden a little later. His little garden little of later. Eden, although I'm sure it's very much so not Eden, but in, maybe in his eyes. As the new couple settled into their, their home, they redecorated and furnished the home. But their time in paradise did not last all that long. Dennis would come to realize David lacked the desire to get a job and found himself as the breadwinner in the relationship. Dennis was attracted to David, but would find that they seldom had intercourse and eventually started sleeping in separate beds and eventually would bring home casual sex partners. At that time, dude, it's over. Well, in my opinion, I mean, there's there such thing as polyamorous relationships, but I mean, that that has to be agreed between they they probably the, I'm assuming if they were both bringing them home, they agreed upon it. But yeah, so so this was within a year of them moving to Melrose Ave. It was in early 1977 that the re- relationship officially ended with David leaving Dennis. David did say that Dennis was verbally abusive and controlling towards him, but was never violent. Hmm. So that, so there you go. Yeah. And that's odd that the, that all took place within, like you said, the year of them moving in. Yeah. Like they didn't last long together, but I mean, they moved in before they even really known each other too. Yeah. Like so, it was almost like, oh, we both, or you need a place to live. I need a companion. Let's do this. Well, that that's a quick deterioration though, too. Like when you hear of people falling apart like that, like sleeping in separate beds and stuff, usually it's like, oh, after a decade or so, like people slowly fall apart or grow apart. <laughs> Well, it's usually a much more slower process, not like, oh, it's been like they a week. They should have still been in like the honeymoon phase. Yeah, theoretically. Yeah. Theoretically. Yeah. Theoretically. After his relationship with David, Dennis would enter brief relationships with several other men, but none of them lasted for any significant amount of time, and none of the men expressed any interest in living with David, which is what he desired. He just wants love. He does. And with that, the story takes another turn. The turn that I've been building up to. Shit. And I'm sure the one you've all been waiting for. Yep. Here we go. By late 1978, Dennis was feeling especially lonely. And with numerous short and failed relationships since David, he was feeling he was basically unfit to have a companion live with him. 
So he took measures into his own hands. <sighs> Fuck. <laughs> Deep breaths, eh? I gotta, I gotta have a big swig. <laughs> swig of your beer? He had just spent Christmas alone <sighs> and was determined not to also spend New Year's Eve alone. So after a day of drinking alone, he decided he must at all costs leave his house to seek some company. He headed to Crinklewood Arms Pub, where he met Stephen Holmes, a 14-year-old boy who was in the city attending a concert. For context, Dennis at that time was 33. Fuck, twice his age, over twice his age. Yeah. Stephen only being 14, and there's mixed reports here. So, so some say he was denied alcohol at the pub, and some say he was drinking, which impaired his decision-making skills when it came to Dennis. But either way, I think 14 is a very impressionable age. Oh, he yeah. He was probably on cloud nine from just attending a concert that he wanted to go to, and he was flattered an older man in the city actually wanted to hang out with him. So drinking or not, I could see this playing out the way it did. Yeah, that's understandable. David invited Stephen back to his place, where the two of them drank plenty of alcohol, listened to music, and then fell asleep. David would wake up first the following morning and find Stephen sleeping peacefully in the bed beside him. Here we go. He caressed the sleeping youth, afraid to wake him. He felt as soon as Stephen woke up and found him in the situation he was, he would leave. So instead, Dennis came up with a way to force Stephen to stay forever. Fuck. Besides, he needed a companionship over the new year. Stephen would then be awoken in the most terrifying of ways. Fuck, here we go. David had slipped a necktie around his neck, straddled him, and was beginning to strangle him. He strangled him until he was unconscious, but soon realized that Stephen was still breathing and the job was not done. So he was going for a kill. He wasn't just trying to get him unconscious here. No, he's going for a kill. Fuck. So what he did next was quickly fill a bucket with water, place Stephen's head inside the bucket, and drowned him. Fuck. He Holy shit. Okay. That <laughs> was unexpected. He then proceeded to wash Stephen's lifeless body placed him on his bed, and masturbated over him, finally fulfilling his greatest fantasy. Wow. All before placing him beneath his floorboards, where Stephen would remain for almost eight months. What? Eight months? Holy fuck! Whoa! Whoa! <laughs> oh my god. Okay. Okay. I didn't realize it went on that long with these... Um, individuals i thought it was like eight days maybe weeks i didn't think it was months that he kept them fuck so i feel like kind of a jerk doing this but my friends that is part one fuck! <laughs> oh my god <laughs> wow and to hear the remainder of the story you will have to tune in to part two next week holy shit way to leave us on a major cliffhanger yeah, I apologize. But no, that you was, don't. That no, was, you don't. You that did was that the on best purpose. place to end it. So it's like if I went any further, Fuck. why would you want to listen? Wow. It gets wild. So there you go. Wow. Okay. All right. 
You good? Yeah. Okay. So part two <laughs> is next week. Yeah, we're um I think we're gonna start releasing part twos on the the following week. Yeah. Um, so and, we're being real mean apparently. Well, previously we've done part two within the same week and then released another new Which episode lot, on the though. Tuesday. Um just right now we just we're just we can't afford the time yeah. to research that much. We might go back to that, but I mean putting a part one and part two is pretty much like putting two two episodes out, right? So oh, yeah. So yeah, this one will be out next Tuesday. And you're definitely going to want to tune in. Yes. And you're going to want to tune in to our social medias as well. Mm -hmm. We got Instagram, Facebook. We've got a YouTube even link down below. Patreon and, of course, badass merch. There you go. You can get some Stay Wicked, some Wicked and Grim stickers, notebooks, gear. You can get a fucking blanket for your I know, bed. Just so cool. You can get so much cool shit. I need a blanket. No one's gotten a blanket yet. If someone gets a blanket gotta send us a picture they have the awesome award of the day no shit they will be <laughs> if you get a blanket and you send us a picture of our blanket on your bed you will officially be the badass of the day in one of oh our episodes oh my gosh actually 100 percent. yes yeah or shizzle maybe i'll order it i need some badass <laughs> of the day in my life you will be the badass of the day <laughs> awesome well thank you for tuning in yes and thanks i look forward to part two babe oh yeah you're gonna want to tune in awesome look forward to it stay wicked Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style.